The epistle upon you read for Secretary Jay-Z Sunday, taken from the epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brethren, you gladly suffer the foolish, whereas yourselves are wise. For you suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take from you, if a man be lifted up, if a man strike you on the face. I speak according to dishonor, as if I had been weak in this part. Wherein, if any man dare, I speak foolishly, I dare also. They are Hebrews, so am I. They are Israelites, so am I. They are the seed of Abraham, so am I. They are the ministers of Christ. I speak as one less wise. I am more, in many more labors, in prisons more frequently, in stripes above measure, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times did I receive forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I was in the depth of the sea. In journeying often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils from my own nation, in perils from the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils from false brethren, in labor and painfulness and much watchings, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things which are without, my daily instance, the solicitude for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is scandalized and I am not on fire, if I must needs glory, I will glory of the things that concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knoweth that I lie not. At, Dam- at Damascus, I, the governor of the nation under Aretas the king, guarded the city of the Damascenes to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall, and so escaped his hands. If I must glory, it is not expedient indeed, but I will come to the visions and the revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ about fourteen years ago, whether in the body I know not, or out of the body I know not, God knoweth, such an one wrapped even to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, that he was caught up into paradise and heard secret words which is not granted to man to utter. For such a one I will glory, but for myself I will glory nothing but in my infirmities. For though I should have a mind to glory, I shall not be foolish, for I will say the truth, But I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth in me, or anything he heareth from me. And lest the greatness of the revelation should exalt me, there was given me a sting of my flesh, an angel of Satan to buffet me, for which thing thrice I besought the Lord that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for power is made perfect in infirmity. Gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And the Holy Gospel is a gospel taken from St. Luke, chapter 8, four, verses 4 through 15. At that time, when a very great multitude was gathered together and hastened out of the cities to, unto him, he spoke by a similitude. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Another some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Another some fell among thorns, and thorns growing up with it choked it. Another some fell among good ground, and being sprung up yielded fruit a hundredfold. Saying these things, he cried out, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him what this parable might be. To whom he said, To you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to the rest in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And they by the wayside are they that hear. Then the devil cometh and taketh the word out of their heart, lest believing they should be saved. Now they upon the rock are they who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And they have no roots, for they believe for a while. 
and in time of temptation they fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they who have heard, and going their way are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and yield no fruit. But that on the good grounds are they who in a good and perfect heart, hearing the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit in patience. Those are the words of today's Holy Gospel. Gladly will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. These words that we read of St. Paul in today's epistle, these epistle to the Corinthians, describes for us and for our imitation, some for the honor and glory of God, some of the many trials and hardships that St. Paul gladly underwent for the love of Christ, for the love of the church, and of course for his fellow men. After Christ himself, St. Paul is one of the most striking figures in the history of the Catholic Church. He is conspicuous by his marvelous conversion, by his imperishable and profound writings, his unmatched eloquence, conspicuous for his humility, his greatness of soul, his self-denial, and his love of suffering. He is conspicuous for his miracles, his supernatural visions, and by his understanding and outstanding love of God and man. Before his conversion, of course, we know he was called Saul. He was born in Tarsus of Cilicia at the beginning of the Christian era. He was a Hebrew in religion, and he belonged to the strictest sects of the Hebrew, which is the Pharisees, a group that was called whited sepulchers and hypocrites. He was relentless in his persecution of the rising Catholic Church. When he was 16 years old, he stood by and watched the coats of those who stoned St. Stephen. St. Stephen was the first martyr for the faith. And St. Paul consented to that stoning by the watching of those garments. Next to the Gospels of our Lord, St. Paul's writings and his 14 epistles form the most important and the most familiar portion of the sacred scriptures. Many a saint actually are indebted to St. Paul for their own conversions. St. Augustine himself said, It is because of the words of St. Paul that I have become a Catholic. St. Paul is the only apostle who has received and who merits the glorious title of the apostle to all the nations. St. Augustine says, There are three things that I wish I would have witnessed in the world if God had permitted it. St. Augustine says, I wish I could have heard Christ speaking in the flesh. I wish you could have seen Rome and its zenith and its imperial splendor. And the third thing St. Augustine says, I wish that I could have heard Paul thundering from the chair of truth. So captivating and inspiring was St. Paul's eloquence that when the pagan inhabitants of Lystra heard him speak, they thought he was the pagan god Mercury. Mercury for them was a god of eloquence. And so these pagans wanted to burn sacrifice to St. Paul as a deity. St. Paul was always also distinguished for his virtues, which are natural offspring of his eloquence. One of the most striking traits exhibited in the life of the apostle is his great profound humility of heart. In this respect, he resembled his brother, Apostle St. Peter. We know that St. Peter actually had furrows going down his cheeks from his tears, crying the rest of his life because he had denied Christ. But St. Paul was overcome 
overcome with great grief and humiliation, his heart was crushed because he didn't simply deny Christ. He persecuted his Savior. And because of his humble opinion of himself, he avows that he is the greatest of sinners. He says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the chief. St. Paul confirms by his example the truth that genuine humility is not only compatible with greatness of soul, it is actually inseparable from greatness of soul. The truly humble man trusts not in the strength of his own flesh, but in the justice and protection of God. In the last line of today's gospel, he cries out, Gladly, gladly will I suffer in my infirmities and glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may dwell in me. He spoke of himself when he said, The weak things of this world God chooses that he might confound the strong. The contemptible things, that the things that are not God has chosen, that he might confound the things that are, and no flesh should glory in his sight. The frowns of tyrants, the shouts of the people, chains or prisons could not terrify him and break his spirit. When he was brought to the court of Felix, the governor, he had the courage to preach to the governor, the Roman governor, on justice and chastity, and the judgment that was to come. And to these words, Felix, the governor, trembled on his throne, and for good reason, because Felix was a stranger to justice and chastity. And when St. Paul was afterwards led in chains before King Agrippa, he boldly proclaims his Catholic faith in the midst of a hostile assembly, and his words were so deeply impressed the king that the king said, Thou almost persuaded me to become a Christian. And St. Paul resounded back and lifted up his withered nomadical hands and he said, Would to God not only you, but everybody that hear me. How undaunting was his zeal for the conversion of sinners. And another characteristic worthy of our imitation is St. Paul's contempt of human glory and his indifference to popular opinion. He says, if I please men, I would not be the servant of Christ. How true that is. If we please the men in the world by our actions, by our words, and by conformity to them in order to please them at the denial of Christ, then we are not worthy to be called his servants. His practice of self-denial and mortification is equally of importance for us to follow in helping us persuade our friends and our neighbors that the Catholic faith is the one true faith. St. Paul said in last Sunday's epistle, I chastise my body and I bring it into subjection, lest I preach to others, I myself may become a castaway. And with Christ I am nailed to the cross. And God forbid, he says, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me and I to the world. What beautiful words for us to use and to follow, to nail ourselves to the cross with Christ and to crucify ourselves from the things of this world. For the things of this world will soon come to an end.
The glory of this world leads those to the fires of hell who are so attached to it. If we were to compare our penances with the tribulations with St. Paul, how they would pale in comparison. The crowning virtue of this wondrous apostle was in his intense love of God and his intense love for his fellow men. St. Paul never did anything halfway. He loved the Lord his God with all of his heart and strength and mind and will. Love was the motive and the power of his indomitable zeal and his persistent labor. My dear faithful, our work for a cause is in proportion how much we love it. And where there is love, there is no labor. There is no labor when we love the things we do. We see how ardent his devotion to the Sacred Heart was and his great love for him and fellow man. When in the sentence that he wrote to the Epistle of the Romans, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of God and the love of Christ? Tribulation or distress or famine or nakedness, danger, persecution of the sword? And here are the consoling words. He says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor might, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the truest test of our love of God is found in a genuine affection and charity for our neighbor. St. Paul says in very candid words, If any man say, I love God, and hateth his neighbor, that man is a liar. The truth is not in him. For if he loveth not his neighbor whom he seeth, how can he love the God whom he seeth not? In his description of fraternal charity, we no doubt see a description of himself. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. St. Paul's immense charity for God and his fellow man is that so much so that he spent his life loving his fellow man. So much so that for such a man... There was no stronger hope or confidence in the rewards of eternal life. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. My dear faithful, what an example of the convictions and courage and virtue of St. Paul for us to follow. The life of St. Paul is not simply that we pick up and read his life as a saint's story. The life of St. Paul is for our imitation. We should learn from even the few lines that we read from St. Paul in the epistles. Follow the example laid out for that imitation, zeal for the faith, especially in a hostile environment, to practice our devotion, to stand up for what is right and not to heed the opinion of the world, even in the most difficult circumstances, to be constant in season and out of season. Learn well to glory in the power of Christ, to accept those trials and tribulations in order that the charity of Christ may dwell in you during this life. It may increase daily until it becomes that true bond of perfection with the sacred heart and the bliss of paradise. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.